Holy Word to the book of Second Chronicles. Second Chronicles. Our text this evening, chapter 35, uh, verses 1 through 19. Hear now the word of the living God. Josiah kept a Passover to the Lord in Jerusalem, and they slaughtered the Passover lamb on the 14th day of the first month. He appointed the priests to their offices and encouraged them in the service of the house of the Lord. And he said to the Levites who taught all Israel and who were holy to the Lord, Put the holy ark in the house that Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, built. You need not carry it on your shoulders. Now serve the Lord your God and his people Israel. Prepare yourselves according to your priest's houses by your divisions as prescribed in the writing of David, king of Israel, and the document of Solomon, his son. And stand in the holy place according to the groupings of the fathers' houses of your brothers, the lay people, and according to the, to the division of the Levites by father's household. The slaughter of the Passover lamb and consecrate yourselves and prepare for your brothers to do according to the word of the Lord by Moses. Then Josiah contributed to the lay people as Passover offerings for all who were present, lambs and young goats from the flock to the number of 30,000 and 3,000 bulls. These were from the king's possessions. And his officials contributed willingly to the people, to the priests, and to the Levites, Hilkiah, Zechariah, Jael, the chief officers of the house of God, gave to the priests for the Passover offerings 2,600 Passover lambs and 300 bulls. Conaniah also, Shemiah and Nethanel, his brothers, and Hasha. Baia and Jael and Zabad, the chiefs of the Levites, gave to the Levites for the Passover offerings 5,000 lambs and young goats and 500 bulls. When the service had been prepared for the priests, they stood in their place, and the Levites in their divisions according to the king's command, and they slaughtered the Passover lamb. And the priests threw the blood that they received from them while the Levites flayed the sacrifices. And they set aside the burnt offerings that they might distribute them according to the groupings of the fathers' houses of the lay people to, the off to offer to the Lord as it is written in the book of Moses. And so they did with the bulls and they roasted the Passover lamb with fire according to the rule. And they boiled the holy offerings in pots and cauldrons and in pans and carried them quickly to all the lay people. And afterward they prepared for themselves and for the priests because the priests, the sons of Aaron, were offering the burnt offerings and the fat parts until night. So the Levites prepared for themselves and for the priests and the sons of Aaron. The singers, the sons of Asaph, were in their place according to the command of David. And Asaph and Heman and Jeduthun, the king's seer, 
and the gatekeepers were at each gate. They did not need to depart from their service, for their brothers the Levites prepared for them. So all the service of the Lord was prepared that day to keep the Passover and to offer burnt offerings on the altar of the Lord according to the command of King Josiah. And the people of Israel who were present kept the Passover at that time. <coughs> and the Feast of Unleavened Bread, seven days. No Passover like it had been kept in Israel since the days of Samuel the prophet. <coughs> None of the kings of Israel had kept such a Passover as was kept by Josiah. And the priests and the Levites and all Judah and Israel who were present and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, in the 18th year of the reign of Josiah, this Passover was kept. After all this, when Josiah had prepared the temple, Necho, king of Egypt, came up to fight at Carchemish on the Euphrates. And Josiah went out to meet him. But he sent envoys to him, saying, what have we to do with each other, king of Judah? I'm not coming against you this day, but against the house with which I am at war. And God has commanded me to hurry. See, supposing God, who is with me, lest he destroy you. Nevertheless, Josiah did not turn away from him, but disguised himself in order to fight with him. He did not listen to the words of Necho from the mouth of God, but came to fight in the plain of Megiddo. And the archers shot King Josiah, and the king said to his servants, Take me away, for I am badly wounded. So his servants took him out of the chariot and carried him in his second chariot and brought him to Jerusalem, and he died and was buried in the tombs of his fathers. All Judah and Jerusalem mourned for Josiah. Jeremiah also uttered a lament for Josiah. And all the singing men and singing women have spoken of Josiah in their laments to this day. They made these a rule in Israel. Behold, they are written in the laments. Now the rest of the acts of Josiah in his good deeds, according to what is written in the law of the Lord in his acts, first and last, behold, they are written in the book of the kings of Israel and Judah. And then if you'll also turn in 2 Kings chapter 23. 2 Kings chapter 23, beginning in verse 21. <clears throat> and the king commanded all the people, keep the Passover to the Lord your God as it is written in this book of the covenant. For no such Passover had been kept since the days of the judges who judged Israel, or during all the days of the kings of Israel or of the kings of Judah. But in the 18th year of King Josiah, this Passover was kept to the Lord in Jerusalem. Moreover, Josiah put away the mediums and the necromancers 
and the household gods and the idols and all the abominations that were seen in the land of Judah and in Jerusalem, that he might establish the words of the law that were written in the book that Hilkiah the priest found in the house of the Lord. And before him there was no king like him who turned to the Lord with all his heart and with all his soul and with all his might, according to the law of Moses, nor did any like him arise after him. Still the Lord did not turn from the burning of his great wrath, by which his anger was kindled against Judah, because of all the provocations with which Manasseh had provoked him. And the Lord said, I will remove Judah also out of my sight, as I have removed Israel. And I will cast off this city that I have chosen, Jerusalem, and the house of which I said, My name shall be there. Now the rest of the acts of Josiah and all that he did, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the kings of Judah? In his days, Pharaoh Necho, king of Egypt, went up to the king of Assyria to the river Euphrates. King Josiah went to meet him, and Pharaoh Necho killed him at Megiddo as soon as he saw him. And his servants carried him dead in a chariot from Megiddo and brought him to Jerusalem and buried him in his own tomb. And the people of the land took Jehoahaz, the son of Josiah, and anointed him and made him king in his father's place. Thus ends the reading of God's fair word. Let's pray. Father, it thrills our heart to read of this incredible revival that took place in the days of King Josiah. And yet, Lord, we are humbled and stunned uh, when we see that shortly thereafter, uh, Josiah did not listen to you, the living God, and perished. Father, we beg that you would impress upon us that even going through the paths that you have ordained um, are not sufficient, that we must have your mercy. We must be repenting and believing in you. We must be following you. We ask, Lord, that you would encourage us this night to turn our back on sin, to stop our ears to the world's lies, to be steeled in our hearts against the wiles of Satan by looking to you, O Lamb of God, by listening to your word, the Holy Scriptures. Give us a heart that believes in you and walks with you and follows you. O Lord, indeed, it is our heart's desire to trust and obey you, Lord Jesus. And so come and write this portion of Scripture upon our hearts. Prepare us, Lord, not only to come to your table tonight, but, Lord, as we enjoy this first Lord's Day of a brand new year, <coughs> Lord, to 
Give ourselves anew to you from the heart, believing in you, O Lamb of God. And it's in Jesus we pray. Amen. <clears throat> there are three things in this passage that I would draw your attention to. First of all, uh, we see this incredible revival that took place uh, in the 18th year of King Josiah's reign. And really, this is the high watermark uh, of, of his reign. And it was, as Scripture declares to us, a glorious reign. Uh, that there was no king like him before or after. Uh, he was a great man of God. And yet, as we read uh, this text in both Second Chronicles and Second Kings, uh, we are struck with how quickly it came to an end uh, in such a, a, a sad and useless and senseless manner of unbelief. Uh, this great man of God was taken off the scene of human history because of his own arrogance and foolishness and momentary unbelief. Uh, surely when we see this great man of God in the in the courts of heaven, uh, I don't know if people will blush in heaven or not, uh, but surely he would be a good candidate uh, for one who would blush in shame at having been so foolish in the face of having been blessed so to lead God's people in humble faithfulness looking to the Christ. The Passover, the whole point of it, was to point people to the Lamb of God. That was its initial purpose. That was its purpose in Josiah's day and down through the ages. Over in the book of Exodus, chapter 12, the Lord was the one who came up with this idea. The tenth plague is now getting ready to be poured out upon Egypt. And God graciously provided a way of rescue and escape for his people. He instructed the people of God to take a lamb, a male, one year old, without blemish, and in the evening to kill that lamb and to take the blood of that lamb and sprinkle the blood on the lintel and the doorposts of that house. And God told the people that he would pass through the land. And that any house that did not have this sprinkling of the blood of the lamb, that God Almighty would kill the firstborn of both man and beast, from every home in Egypt. In Exodus chapter 12, the Lord tells us the significance and why it was called Passover. In verse 12, For I will pass through the land of Egypt that night, and I will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and on all the gods of Egypt. I will execute judgments 
I am the Lord. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And no plague will befall you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. God tells us that his people did as he commanded. But that at midnight the Lord came and struck down all the firstborn of the land of Egypt from the firstborn of Pharaoh who sat on his throne to the firstborn of the captive who was in the dungeon and all the firstborn of the livestock. And Pharaoh rose up in the night, he and all his servants and all the Egyptians, and there was a great cry in Egypt. For there was not a house where someone was not dead. Hard for us to imagine. Well, the book of Hebrews chapter 11 gives us a commentary on what was going on, not only outwardly, but what was going on in the hearts of the people. They had witnessed these plagues, and this was the culmination of these plagues. And we read in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 28, By faith he, Moses, kept the Passover and sprinkled the blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn might not touch them. It was not just the outward act that they went through, but it was as they looked to the God who had provided a lamb to die in their place. This blood pointed to that lamb, the lamb of God. In our call to worship this evening in the Gospel of John, chapter 1, John the Baptist saw Jesus coming. And that is why he declared, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Indeed, Jesus is that Passover Lamb. And all who look in faith to him his blood is sprinkled upon us and upon our homes, and the wrath of God does not rest upon. Oh, how we glory to have such a Passover land. If you'll turn with me in 1 Corinthians, the Lord picks this theme up in describing the need for God's people to be repenting of their sins and looking in faith to the Christ in the church at Corinth in the context of, of one of the stated goals of biblical loving church discipline. In 1 Corinthians 5, verse 6, we read, Your boasting is not good. Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? Cleanse out the old leaven, that you may be a new lump, as you really are unleavened. For Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. Let us therefore celebrate the festival, not with the old leaven, the leaven of malice and evil, but with the unleavened bread 
of sincerity and truth. Uh, God called his people in Josiah's day to be repenting. It was not enough to just go through the outward motions. Uh, outward rituals do not impress the living God. And that has always been the case. Even though God is the one who has declared that sacrifices be offered. Even though he was the one who instituted all of these feasts. As we read over in the book of Psalms, Psalm 51, the Lord declared through the mouth of his servant David, For you will not delight in sacrifice, or I would give it. You will not be pleased with a burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. The Lord calls upon his people down through the ages to, from the heart, be looking to the Passover lamb. And so this great revival that took place that is recorded for us in 2 Chronicles 35, uh, what do we need to learn from this? What do we need to do? Well, we need to look to Jesus. Of course, the Lord's Supper and baptism have replaced the bloody rites uh, that prefigured the coming of Messiah. No more Passover lambs need be sacrificed because the Lamb of God has come and given himself upon the cross. And that is why we do not offer Passover lambs uh, in the church of the Lord Jesus in the new covenant <coughs> age. Because Jesus, the Passover lamb, has been sacrificed, a once-for-all-time sacrifice. But before that day came, God's people lived in anticipation of the coming of that glorious lamb of God. The same thing with circumcision. It was the mark, and it involved the shedding of blood. It also has been replaced by a bloodless rite that God has instituted. Baptism. And our text in our call to worship made reference to uh, that event as well, uh, that this symbol of cleansing that the people were familiar with all over in the Old Testament time uh, now had taken its place prominently in the life of God's people. But in both the Old and the New Testament, it is important and crucial for us to understand that even though there were these rites that God had ordered and commanded and appointed, Yet apart from people looking in faith in their heart to the Christ, they were not able to save. And so it is to this day, 
We can have Christian baptism, but unless we experience the work of God's Spirit giving us a heart to repent and look to Jesus and be cleansed in His precious blood, we will perish in our sin. Regardless of whether we have water applied to us. And the same thing with the Lord's Supper. The same thing took place in Josiah's day. The people were led in this glorious revival and reformation and worship. And rightly so. This is what God had commanded. And in our day, the Lord's Supper is that feast that God calls us to. But we must take to heart and note that apart from simple childlike faith in our own hearts looking to Jesus, it cannot do us any good. What an exclamation point is given to this truth in the life of King Josiah. Immediately upon this glorious feast that is highlighted as something unique in the history of God's people, nothing like it since the days of Samuel had taken place, our text tells us. And yet, immediately, what happens? Josiah momentarily takes his eyes off the Lamb of God. And perishes. Oh, may the Lord write upon my heart and your heart that yes, we need the Holy Scriptures, yes, we need the rituals that God has commanded us to partake in. But apart from faith in Christ, these things will only be even added chastisements upon us. Oh, how we need Jesus. How we need the living Lamb of God who laid down his life upon the cross. We need him to continually be cleansing us and reviving us to delight in him, to walk with him, to seek to please and serve him in our own hearts growing and bearing more of the fruit of the Spirit, delighting in His paths, learning to please the Lord Jesus as husband and wife, as parents and children, serving the Passover lamb in our callings, taking our stand for the lamb in the public square. That is the life of the Christian. King Josiah is a reminder to us that the outward rituals were a blessing given from Almighty God, but can only be a blessing as we believe in Jesus. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We pray that you would write these things upon our hearts. Lord, if there are young people or children here uh, who have been baptized, I pray that you would impress upon them this night that just like King Josiah, 
If they do not look to you, Lord Jesus, they will perish. Father, we thank you that Josiah is a wonderful reminder to us of a great man of God. And yet, Lord, he stumbled at the end of his life. He did not listen to the message that you sent in the mouth of this pagan king. And he foolishly, in arrogance, pressed on to his own death. Lord God, we beg that you would not allow that to happen uh, in our hearts. But that, Lord, you would give us soft and tender hearts toward you. That, Lord Jesus, we would delight to be believing in you. To have the, the Passover blood sprinkled upon our own hearts in faith. As we look to you, Lord Jesus. As we live each day in this coming year. That, Father, you would smile upon us. You would continually be giving us your blessed spirit. And Lord, as we read your word, that Lord, we would do so in faith looking to you. As we gather with your people to worship, we would do so in faith in our hearts looking to you. As we come to the Lord's table, that we would do so in faith in our hearts looking to you, O Lamb of God. Bless us now as we sing and then as we come to your table. In Jesus we pray, amen.